Pie plates on fishing string. Shooting on VHS tapes. Building sets out of cardboard boxes. Filming real police cars to add production value as they pull up on your film set with the sirens going and lights flashing because you don't have a you don't have a permit to film at that location and you have a friend of yours laying on the on the ground covered in a pool of fake blood. You don't have to have Disney mo- money to make a movie. Micro budget horror films on this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Attention, planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer. Hello, one and all, to another cheap-ass episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. (laughs) I am the best podcast host your money can buy, Insane Mike, and this is episode 256. We are going to be talking about horror movies with extremely low budgets. How low? They're so low that they sit next to Chewbacca. This is why I write my jokes down ahead of time. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your... Laughter. <laughs> Where's the cricket? I got it right here. He can add. He can add laughter later. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> he won't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they movies so low budget that they are also known as micro budget films. And my goal with this show uh, was to pick films where they <clears throat> their combined budgets wouldn't even add up to the catering budget of your rando Marvel movie. Oh, no. If this is your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast, we are a horror movie podcast. We're a group of friends. We get together. We discuss films within a certain topic. We are all just friends hanging out, talking about horror films like we do. So there's probably going to be spoilers. Much like the movies we are talking about on this show, we don't have a whole lot of money to do this podcast for you. Granted, we are great at making the most out of nothing, but it could it could be even better with your help. That's right. Help support the show. Go to jointheattackers.com and sign up to help make, make Attack of the Killer podcast go from Ed Wood <laughs> to... Star Wars. There's the Chewbacca tie-in. I wondered what the hell. When do you... <clears throat> you, said, you didn't get the joke. It was Solo. Oh. Solo, Solo, sitting oh. next to Chewbacca, like Han Solo. Jesus Christ. That's because it's that bad of a joke. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> my bad. It's always good when you have to explain it, right? <laughs> that, that Actually, honestly, those are my favorite jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we know. We know. So when you do sign wow. up to support the show... You get to be an attacker. What is an attacker? Well, I'm glad you asked. An attacker is a supporter and a fan of the show that can get you all kinds of exclusive perks. You can get bonus episodes. You can get early access to the regular show. You can get our video shows such as Killer or Killer Ha huh, Killer Critiques, video updates, and Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten list. You get invited to special events such as our monthly horror hangout show and tell. You can also get ver- your very own official membership certificate and membership card and sticker. There's so many more perks and rewards for being an attacker, and all you have to do is go to jointheattackers.com 
and pick the tier to get the content that you want. It's that easy. Go to jointheattackers.com. And now it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He just got a new car that was within his budget. That car is a Ford. Andy. (laughs) Hey, everybody. He got a new app that helped him with his budget. The app showed him he was spending too much money on Transformers. (laughs) So he decided he couldn't do it anymore. So he deleted the app. Jason, everybody. You know it. Oh, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you being here. He was horribly constipated, but he couldn't afford to go to the doctor. He just couldn't budget. Tad, everybody. Yeah, the American health system, healthcare system is a fucking joke. Hi, guys. Full of shit. Full of shit is right, Uh. yes. And returning again to the show, the man, the myth, the Brett half of the Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe podcast, Brett Royer, everybody. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going, man? Good. How you guys doing? So good. Now that you're here. Oh, yeah, me too. But first, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, I podcast and write books. Uh, The podcast is Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe, like uh, Mike said. Uh, And uh, one week we pick a movie and discuss it to death. And then the next week we pick a (laughs) random topic to discuss. And then discuss that to death, too. Um, A a couple of recent episodes we've done, uh, we did uh, Weird and Fucked Up Laws. Um, we also did, uh, we just recently, I think we're about to release, uh, the, uh, the mist. Ooh. So yes. And then, uh, yeah, I also write, uh, write books sometimes. I got malice on the Mississippi river and a couple of Iowa grindhouse books. And those are on amazon.com. Well, awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Brett. It's always, always a good Yay, time. Yay, Brett's here. Hey, thanks for having me. So... I've been watching a lot of Shutter lately. Mm-hmm. So much Shutter that I forgot to write down to write a uh, intro to talk about Shutter and um, our promo code. So our promo code is AOTKP. You can get a month of Shutter for free because Shutter is awesome. It's the Netflix of horror. Again, the promo code AOTKP. <laughs> and speaking of forgetting things, here's Tad with what we watched. All right, guys, I watched quite a bit, but I'm going to kick it off with Jason. What have you watched? Oh, my gosh. If you have tuned in to the First Time Podcast lately, you'll know that I watched the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre at least twice now. Has everybody, I assume, on the show? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I saw it. Okay, cool. So we can spoil it for everyone. No. (laughs) I can't believe he chainsawed people. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And with all that skin and the blood. In Texas, too. Oh, man. Andy. (laughs) Jeez, Andy. Went too far. Uh, Don't just spell out the whole movie. And I don't want to spoil uh, my episode of First Time Podcast, but dudes, guess what? I fucking love this movie. I'll tell you what, you guys are joking around about (laughs) just randomly saying parts of the title and it being a spoiler. Um, But I will say, and was it, 
was it Jason? Was it you that brought this to my attention? Somebody brought it to my attention that this is probably the first time in this oh. franchise's history that there actually is a massacre. There's a massacre. Yeah. There straight up is, yeah. man. Woo, the baby. first yep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Uh, do yourself a favor, go watch it. It's amazing. And uh, fuck the internet. Uh, so what else mm. did I watch? Uh, so I was on my Ninja Turtle kick before. I finally watched part three. And for the first time, I think, and man, that wasn't good at all. <laughs> I didn't like part three, man. It was tough. I mean, it was okay, but it was. Wait, I spaced out part three of what? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, that's right. I mean, it's just like, uh, I mean, how many franchises sort of falter on part three? Back to right. Future 3 is my least favorite. Halloween. Right. No. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you trying to start something? <laughs> Watch what you say, bro. Stop it. <laughs> but then to to finish out finish out my turtles kick, I watched the the new one from 2014 again. I did see that in the theater and I loved it, and I loved it again this time. Thought it was awesome. And then I had not seen uh, Out of the Shadows from 2016, and uh, it's fucking amazing. It might be my new favorite turtles movie, other than the 1990 original one. But it's fucking awesome. And why is that, sir? Oh, because it kicks it back nostalgia style. It's amazing. There's Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang and the Tetradub. Jesus Christ, it's fucking Corey amazing. Fold, Corey Feldman doing voiceovers? No. no. Oh, you know, okay. I, will, I will say this. I despise Michael Bay and Platinum Dunes with every ounce of my being. <laughs> Come on. I, and how they will take a property and totally miss the point. But I think this is, to me, out of the shadows oh. is like, Man, is more the on ba- the nose of of Ninja Turtles than the original 1990 Ninja Turtles movie. Or at yeah. least Ninja Turtles 2, because you actually get Rocksteady and Bebop in this, not it was great. Like those other and two. Big Turtle Wagon. I mean, it's all there. Th- yeah, it is amazing. If you haven't seen it, I completely... Uh, recommend it a lot. It it was incredible. I loved it. And that's what I watched. All right. Mike, what have you watched? I finally watched Antlers. Finally. Yeah. And it's pretty no, cool. It's good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, I would probably say if if um we're gonna say Windigo is a subgenre, it's probably the best Windigo movie. Absolutely. Because it didn't mm. bore me to tears. <laughs> But it, it's it, I like uh, I like how they really um, dug deep into the mythology of of the Wendigo and you know and how it's it's like kind of like transferred from person to person and you devolve into this monster. I thought the monster looked really cool. It is cool. a curse. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I dug it. Um, <clears throat> I too also watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, Yay. I, and I too also loved oh, it. Oh good. I hadn't talked to you about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really, really liked it. Um, you know, at first, because at first I'm like, we're getting into the third act and I had that moment, that little moment of the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre fanboy in me that didn't think it through all the way. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> oh, I'm kind of disappointed. There's no, there's no family. There's no extended family in this. It's just Leatherface. And then I caught myself and I'm like, wait a minute. That's what's awesome about this. Yeah. They, they just, they get away from all of the same things we see over and over and over again. It takes a chance on massacre movies. Like, 
a random character that's kind of weird and shows up in the first act, turns out to be a member of the family in the third act, or, you know, just a huge extended family from out of nowhere, or there's a dinner table scene, you know, it just gets all of those elements are in every single Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie except for this one. And so I really appreciate it for that. And dudes, it's just gory as shit. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Those kills are awesome. The first kill just gets me every time I. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Is that the, the bone, the wrist bone? Yeah. Yeah. Well, right in the face. Oh, my God. Oh. The, uh, the kneecap. Oh, 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 oh Yeah. That whole dude. Anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then the last thing I'll bring up is I got, I finally got done and I'm actually in the middle of the second viewing of Peacemaker. Ooh. It was awesome. That show is awesome. That show yep. is freaking amazing. And I, so I do. I'm sorry. I do want to mention this. Did anybody notice the name of the video store where their camp is? Yeah, it's Hen and Lock. Camp Blood. It's, yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's a callback there. Yeah. Uh, Hen and Lauder video. And I thought that was so cool. Uh-huh. And, I, I, and I was like looking through the internet. I'd look through IMDb <laughs> trivia like to, to see. I mean, it's got to be a nod to, to Frank Henelotter, right? Oh, definitely. Of but course, it's like yeah. I've never, I've never known there to be a connection between Frank Henelotter and James Gunn. Um, I he was, has I good taste. I would think he's a fan. Horror, I would yeah. think he's a fan, but I don't know for sure. So I thought yeah. it was a, I thought it was a very, very cool nod, but so random that I needed, I needed answers, and I can't find them. Um, but anyway, oh yeah, I'm talking. Um, uh. It, yeah, it's it's freaking awesome. It's hilarious. John Cena is so good in it. Eagly is the greatest oh, character in man. the whole show. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so good. Yeah, it's he so good. this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm watching it a second time because I watched it. I started watching it because I got tired of waiting for everybody in the house to want to sit down and watch it. And I'm like, I'm watching it. I care. And then literally everyone else is like, oh, this is good. We sh- We need to watch it. So, and I told Simon, I'm like, son, I am going to watch this all the way through first, and then I'll be more than happy to watch it again with you, because <laughs> I, I, I need to take notes on where you need to cover your eyes. So, um, but yeah, and, and he's loving it. Brandy's, Brandy loved it. It's, it's so, and she's been, she, she's actually gotten really obsessed, and it's kind of weirded me out. <laughs> <laughs> she, we, we were at a toy show over the weekend, and her number one objective was to find the the DC Universe Peacemaker um, action figure from Suicide Squad, and it, but she didn't find it, so she's sad. But that's what I watched. All righty, Andy, what have you been watching? Um, I of course also watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I have one tiny complaint. I'm I love the, I. I loved all the gore. Um, that bus scene is awesome. You know, him killing a bunch of influencers. That's totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, you're canceled. And he's just like, yeah, um, let me show you how we got down in 74. <laughs> um, and just with the intestines slopping out the window. I mean, that oh, was that just was awesome. so, so good. Um, I can suspend my disbelief that, you know, that, these group of influencers are bidding on a town. I can suspend my disbelief that this old lady took in a 20 year old, you know, mongoloid skin wearing guy. I can, I can suspend my disbelief for that. But the one thing that I cannot wrap my head around 
is if you think a chainsaw is going to start after being, you know, <laughs> stored in between plaster and lath since the mid seventies, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I don't know shit about small engines, but I know that thing was not going to start. The gas would evaporated. The fucking <laughs> oil would be peanut butter. Okay. Yep. You're not the first person to bring that but up. I, and I think it's hilarious that I've heard this get brought up a lot, but nobody seems to have a problem with the chainsaw cutting all the way through the floor, through metal pipes in the floor, yeah. <laughs> like, like cutting through it like it's a freaking melted cheese. I thought he went yeah. and tinkered with it before he started it. Oh, did he? Yeah, I, you hear him take uh, it in the other room, and then he, you hear him tinkering with it before he ever starts oh, maybe, it. Maybe. Yeah, unless he had, like, you know, Keebler elves in there maintaining the fucking thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's a super chainsaw, and it would hold up. Yeah. If it's going to cut through metal pipes like it's paper, it, 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 can, it can withstand Probably 50 start. years in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I have a moped that was made in 79, and it starts up on first kick. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Did, was it stored in between the walls of a house for a couple of decades, yeah. though? Probably worse. I mean. Probably worse. All in all, I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, man, there's some freaking just unpleasable you know people out there oh my god even in some of the movies that i really dislike i've tried to find something you know um that i like about it but some of these people like shit man it's just like it wasn't exactly the way that i wanted it i'm like man fuck you that's on you not the movie yeah um I also um, caught Kid 90, um, Sully Mutfrey. Um, really enjoyed that. Broke my freaking heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so good, though. Um, another thing, um, I did watch Antlers. That, I mean, I bought it. Uh, really, really glad that I did. Um, this would, if I would have hadn't have slept on it so long it would have made my top 10 last year mm-hmm. i really 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 enjoyed this um just you know down to the kids performance was great i mean amy madigan getting your face bit off was <laughs> oh my god that was brutal um and just um that you know, the the West Coast, you know, Oregon, Washington, you know, air, area, you know, that, that, you know, Twin Peaks land, you know, just that overcast, dreary, just, it's just, it's just a great setting for any kind of film with just dread. And it just, and it works really, really well. Um, I also caught uh, Last Night in Soho, because I bought that oh. too. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry I slept on that because this is a freaking great <laughs> film. Yeah. Um, and I agree, it's not Jallo. It's called London in the 1960s where everything had vibrant colors anyway. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's not a Jallo movie. What it is is a great um, hybrid ghost story. I mean, it's kind of like a – I got vibes of the changeling. Did you guys get that when – it kind of reminded me of that, how, you know, the guy, see had that. A, yeah. the connection, George C. Scott has the connection with the ghost. Um, uh, the last one I want to talk about is an action movie. And I had no idea that Joe Carnahan did it after I bought it. I just bought it on the, the actors that I liked and the premise, because it's kind of like a bizarro version of assault on precinct 13 and it's cop shop. 
it's actually really, really good. Um, have you guys heard about this? Uh, I don't think so. Um, it's about a guy that purposely gets himself um, arrested. He he hits a cop because he knows that a hitman is after him. So the hitman himself gets himself arrested, and they're across from you know the jail cell. And the hitman is Gerard Butler, and the guy that got himself arrested is uh, Frank Grillo. And when I say it, it's you know the bad guys are already in the precinct, but then another man, another hitman, um, played by Toby Huss, who freaking steals the show. Um, if you don't know who Toby Huss is, he's um, the dad from Halloween 2018. You know, I got peanut butter on my penis. You know that guy. <laughs> um, he plays this really eccentric um, hitman in this, and he's just hilarious. He's awesome um we've got a lead female um black cop which you know it further reminds me of uh assault on precinct 13 in that way um but highly highly recommend this because it's joe carnahan and he's kind of i've i've liked everything that he's done aside from a team but um He's he's back to his you know smoking aces kind of form in this. He's he really likes his really you know off the wall hitman um, characters, and I really really suggest you guys check this out. It's got the old hideous uh, certified fresh Rotten Tomatoes thing on the fucking cover, but um, yeah, that's what I watched. Check out Cop Shop. Excellent, Brett. What have you been watching? Hey, uh, well, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre also, and I also thought it was fucking awesome. Fuck Yay. people. And uh, I've been uh, I've been watching uh, Ozark season. I'm on season two right now. I don't know if anybody's uh-huh. ever seen that show. It's, it's good. pretty fucking good though. I like Jason Bateman a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I want to. I've been. They announced a couple weeks ago the Oscars list. The nominations, uh, and I keep telling myself, man, I'm going to watch a lot of Oscar movies, right? Um, and I watched, uh, I've, I've seen Dune, and I've seen uh, Nightmare Alley, plus I, I just caught Down at the Capitol, the Summer of Soul documentary. Um, but uh, that's basically uh, all I've seen so far, because I keep getting distracted. Uh, I I turn on the TV, and, I, and I'm going to fire up, like, Don't Look Up or something, and, and watch some Leo. Uh, and then uh, all of a sudden it's like, hey, maybe you should watch uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance instead. So I'm like, I got to watch that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I watched Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, last night uh, it happened again. I sat down to watch a fucking Oscar movie, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, Roadhouse is streaming again. So I was like, well, fuck. I, if that's an option, you have to go with Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse. So... Uh, basically, uh, I keep, I just keep getting distracted by nineties movies. Uh, I want to do the Oscars movies, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I've been watching is nineties movies, guys. <laughs> I would have gave the Oscar to Roadhouse anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the, uh, Oscar movies have been knocking on my door too, but I, I've been distracted too, but I've been actually knocking a few off the list. <laughs> well, let us know what you've been watching. Yeah. What you been um, watching, Dad? Well, uh, thanks for asking. Um, I've got quite a list. I've been, uh, like I said, knocking off some of those Oscar movies. I saw Licorice Pizza. Really oh. enjoyed that. Um, I won't go into many of them because I've seen so many of them. Um, 
watched Tick, Tick, Boom. That's another Oscar one. I really like that. Um, it's a musical for anyone who likes musicals with Andrew Garfield. I watched uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which has probably been my favorite of the bunch so far. Oh, wow. Um, watched Summer of Soul. Watched Luca last night, which is about two sea creature kids, sort of creature from the Black Lagoon that turn into humans when they get on shore. And their dream is to own a Vespa moped. And I'm like, why is this oh. movie made for me? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Pixar, uh, that's up for uh, best uh, animated film. But I also finished um, Euphoria season two, my favorite current show on TV. Really fantastic. Um, I finished Dark Side of the Ring finally, caught up on that. Um, and then some new movies I've, I've watched uh, that actually pertain to this podcast, Studio 666, which I'm surprised. It, oh, it no. absolutely faltered at the box office. It oh. came in less than a million dollars. Oh, oh Jesus. Um, but yeah. I'm, I loved it. I thought this would do so much better. It's rad. It has great music. It is so fucking gory. It's um, directed by oh. the guy who did Hatchet 3, I believe. Yep. Uh, BJ and... Uh, our, our legendary Mr. John Carpenter did the theme song and he's in the movie. Oh, um, oh nice. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, Jason Trost from the FP movies. He's in this movie. Uh, it is just a blast. It's gory as fuck. Uh, it's funny, um, but it's scary. Uh, just, I cannot recommend this one more for horror fans. Yeah. Um, very, very like campy fun slasher movie. Um, Rewatch Mystics in Bali for a podcast I'm going to be on this <laughs> coming week. Um, I watched Jim Cummings' newest movie, The Beta Test. That one's yeah. pretty cool. It's on Hulu now. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I've watched so much. Um, just going through my list here. And I think that sort of wraps up what I've watched just recently. Um, I feel like I always miss stuff even on my uh, yeah. letterboxed. I'm like, I know I'll watch some other stuff, but... Uh, I mean, I always fall into the 90s uh, action movies like like Brett over there, too, if I'm flipping through Pluto. I, I, Devil's Rejects has been on Pluto TV horror channel a lot. So I've watched that um, like six times this week in different parts. <laughs> never never the whole movie, just like half hour of it at a time. So, uh, yeah, that's what I watched. All right. Well, thank you, Tad. And now, folks, get out your Twitters. Start your engines. And vote for me, because it is time for Pole Position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of Pole Position. All right, let's take a quick look back at uh, the poll a few episodes ago from episode 254. The question was, what are your favorite kill scenes with a chainsaw? It's like we knew. Everybody remember their answers? I'll tell you, Mike put bad taste, the boring gun scene, and yeah. Texas Chainsaw 2 in the gut. Jason picked American Psycho, Stairwell Fall, and Evil Dead 2013 in the head. Dad picked the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, The Bridge, and Hatchet 2, The Double Trouble. And Andy picked Running Man, Buzzsaw, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 03, The Morgan scene, which I went back and watched that. Holy bajolies. Uh-huh. All right, let me get to the results. Suspense, man. 
All right. So we got, uh, oh, Running Man didn't do it. Andy's I knew, last I knew play. it would kill me. <laughs> I knew it would kill me, but God damn it, I love the Running Man. You love man. it. Oh, and then second to last place. So that's third place. That's Insane Mike. Bullshit. At 15% of the votes. Bullshit. Artist. And then Ted knew he had the answer until I stole it. But then, so I won with 46% of the vote. You know that American Psycho is what did it. 46%, wow. Yeah, yeah. Almost took half the goddamn votes. Yeah, I did it. I did it. All right. So getting into this poll position for this episode, the question is, what is your favorite low-budget theatrical horror release. Um, we've kind of tried to keep it to a million or less. Um, yeah, so let me jump over here to the random sequence generator. Um, before I generate the sequence, uh, Mike's one, I'm two, Ted's three, Andy's four, and here we go. Okay, so with the first pick is fucking Tad. Yeah. Second pick is Mike. Bullshit. Uh, Jason gets the third pick, and Andy gets the fourth. Okay, so yeah. gotta write these down as I go. Uh, so Tad, you're up first. What, what's what's your first pick? What's the number one? The one hundred one. With the most obvious answer of all time, John Carpenter's Halloween. Oh, I mean, would. when it came out, yeah. it was the most successful independent film of all time. I believe up until Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, callback, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I had to go with that. I had a list going because I knew if Andy got picked before me, he might steal that one. So, uh, and I thought about ste- I thought about stealing Mike's answer, but I'm, I got to say true to myself. So, John Carpenter's Halloween. I have it down at three hundred twenty-five thousand of a budget, and it's grossed seventy million. That's Hell pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. All right, Insane Mike, second pick. Ted, you assume you know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> And it, and you're right. It's Night of Living Dead. Uh-huh. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> the original black and white George Romero classic. That's because that is the only right answer. That's why you knew. I have that one at uh, 114 thousand dollars, and it's grossed 30 like million. That were so predictable that you have these ready. <laughs> well, I just. I <laughs> oh, I get to go next. Sweet with my third pick. Anybody guess? Okay, I'm going to go with the high, the greatest of all time, the one of the cheapest and most profitable independent horror films ever made, The Blair Witch from 1999. Yep. yep. Mm, damn it. It had a budget of sixty thousand dollars, and it's grossed over two hundred and forty-eight million. That's a lot of millions. That is. All right. If if. Uh, if Andy picks this one I have on my list, I, I should have put money on it because uh, I've picked everyone else's so far. <laughs> All right, with pick four, Andy, what's it going to be? And we're keeping it under a million? Yeah, well, we're shooting for that. I mean, I got a couple okay. on the list with, that went over, but. I'm going to go with Friday the 13th, yep. the original one from 1980. Yep, that's pretty good. 550,000 is what I'm reading here. Yep. And Grossed over $60 all right. Well, you get to go back to back picks. You get the number five pick now. <clears throat> oh, we're okay. doing two. Yeah, we're gonna go two. Always two. I, this snake draft is fun. 
I will go with one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh-huh. And since Hitchcock basically had to finance it himself, um, granted it's 1960 and this is $800,000, but I'm going with Psycho. Very good. Very good. All right. So that puts me with pick six. I'm going to go with one of my favorite movies of all time. Made for $15,000 and grossed over $193 million. It's paranormal activity. Wait, did you just say it's one of your favorites? Yeah, I totally lied. I want the votes. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen it, but I uh, hear it's good. Me neither. <laughs> All right. Did I stall long enough for you, Mike? You got another pick lined up? Wait, why do you think I... Then you need to stall for me, considering I have a list of like six movies and they've already been mostly named. Um, <laughs> I can help if you want. No, I, th- okay. I, I think I don't think it's been said yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with the original Friday Thirteenth. Already took with pick four. Shit. Uh, then I'm going to go with uh, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. I don't have yeah. stats on that one. That was literally, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> seven. I wrote down seven, and that is the only one that hasn't been said yet. Very good, very good. All right, Ted, finish this off. Pick eight. Uh, that was my last one. I we had stalled on my for list. you. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I guess I have some honorable mentions. Um, I'll go with Henry Portrait of a Serial oh, that's Killer. That's a good one. Nice. That's a good one. I'd vote for that. It's a hundred thousand, but not your first pick. So hundred thousand, I think it went three hundred or something, six hundred, something like that. Saw was like one point two million, but it made a shitload. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there are some be. others I really like, but they didn't. I don't think I would consider like Pontypool theatrical. Yeah. I probably played limited theaters, but <clears throat> I'm thinking you know something that was made for nothing and went big on the in theaters. Well, Brett, did you happen to have any left over off your list that you might, uh, not that we yeah. can have your answers, but, uh, what would you pick? Uh, well, I fucking hate sharks, but uh-huh. I love shark movies. Uh, open water. That's the last that one. On, on, yep. Yeah. Oh, that was last one. Kind of too. <laughs> oh yeah. Right, 120 K. That's not going to win. <laughs> yeah. Depressing. <laughs> so. ass movie. God, yeah. It fucking it turned, makes yeah. me feel like shit. Turned a big profit. Any others on your list? Nope. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you guys took them all. Shit. <laughs> yeah, the other, the last couple I had were just over a million. I had uh, Saw, the yeah. original Saw was one point yeah. two, yeah. and it did one hundred and three million. And then Carrie's was always a mm. one point eight million, and it did thirty three. Yeah. But that was on my list, but I was like 1.8 went over that million. So yeah. I had a, and especially yeah, for 76, else. that was probably like 10 back then. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, no, there was one more on my list. That oh, too late. Um, well, I don't think, oh. did somebody say Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Nope. Somehow no one did. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Nobody really knows how much move, how much money <laughs> that movie made because it was true. all mob funded. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> So Brian still pictures my ass. <laughs> well, Cabin Fever made a ooh. shitload of money too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Well, all right, everybody, get your butts over to Twitter at AOTKP. Get your votes in. Who do you think picked the best low-budget films that were theatrical releases? Me. And that's Pole Position. Okay, we should probably, speaking of low budgets, <laughs> yeah. we should probably get into talking about some of these movies, yeah, right? Let's do it. So these movies aren't low budget, man. They are micro budget. You know, we're like, oh, a couple hundred thousand dollars. That is so little money. Well, you ain't seen nothing yet, guys. Uh-huh. Tad, what's the first no budget movie we're going <laughs> to talk about tonight? The first no-budget movie we're talking about is from 2012 and is called Found. My brother keeps a human head in his closet. At one point, it had thoughts and feelings, and it kissed somebody it loved. Now it's just a bloody head in a bowling ball bag. I hope I don't end up that way. (gasps) Do you want to be the kid that gets picked on? Or the kid that gets in trouble? What if I hit Marcus back? What if it doesn't hurt him any? Don't worry about Marcus. You shouldn't worry about anything. You didn't have to do what you did, Marty. Kids get picked on. I'm sorry it happens, but it's not an excuse to attack someone. You want to see something really scary? Listen to me. Something is going to happen tonight. It's going to change everything. And I need you to stay out of the way. Why? Because I don't want to hurt you. My life is starting to feel like a horror movie. And you know how they end. Okay, found a bullied and misunderstood boy must grapple with the knowledge that his older brother is a serial killer. I fucking love this one, guys. Um, Mm -hmm. Awesome. Kicks right off with this. I mean, it it doesn't waste like not even a second. This kid, it just opens up with that dialogue that we hear in that trailer about him uh, finding, literally finding. (laughs) You're like, what? Right, um, uh, right. I was like, okay, is he like, is he hallucinating or writing a story or what's going on here? Because I, I looked into, I did not look into this at all. All I saw was like an image of a guy with a gas mask as the poster, which is completely misleading. Yeah. Um, and looks in the closet and he has his heads in a, I mean, more one head at a time, but uh more than one head over the course of the movie. And it's, it's a coming of age story about a, a kid. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's always sort of not wrong. Yep. No, it yep. is like, uh, you know, it made me think of like super dark times yep, and that kind definitely. of thing where it's like, 
you, I have an older brother and, you know, I remember like digging in his drawers and finding things he probably shouldn't have had never a fucking head. But I'm like, you know, I can, it's, it's not a stretch to be like, you know, curious and being like, you know, you're not going to tell on your brother. It's your brother. You love him. But you know, that shit is going to go South. Like you can't just hold it, 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 There's like an impending doom over this whole movie after that start, you know, it's like, Okay, what the fuck's his brother up to? When you reveal that right away at the beginning, it's a, it's a very unique way of telling a story because we know that for some reason his brother has a real fucking severed head in the closet. Um, at times, it's he uses it to his advantage, where it's like a uh, bully's picking on him at school, and you know he's, he he uh, is getting bullied by this kid, and he shows him the head, and he's like, "Don't fuck with me," because my brother will do that to you. Um, and obviously things go really off the deep end towards the end when it becomes uh, harmful to his family. But uh, what do you guys think of this one? I, I really like this one a lot too. Um, it's, it started pretty strong. Jason and I kind of chatted about this one a little bit over the weekend. How dare you? I know, right? Um, it started mm-hmm. off, it started off really, really strong, but then as, as it went on, um, it's, it definitely wears its budget on its sleeve. Um, mm. There's just several moments just where I'm watching it and I feel like I'm at, you know, an, uh, an Iowa, local Iowa independent film festival. Um, you know, uh, like there's some performances in it. And yeah. Man, I really, yeah. I always just hate talking about performances, but there's some pretty bad performances in this. The, well, mm, this could creepy. use a big budget remake, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this story. <laughs> Peter Jackson. Oh, oh boy, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but overall, yes, I, I really, I, I really, really liked it as well. Um, uh, would you guys think of? Well, I guess I'll let everyone else talk, and then I'll, I'll ask questions. Uh, someone else can talk. Uh, I if thought. I, was, jump in I thought. Quick. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, uh, all go. I was going to say was. <laughs> all I was going to say was uh, I liked it it took me a little bit to get into it though because i felt like especially like the first half of the movie uh like i felt like the overall tone was a little like off like half the time it wanted to be like a serious horror movie and then the other half just wanted to be like throw in some ridiculous shit and like i don't like it didn't feel to me like uh like they knew how to like blend them or something but like as the movie picked up uh, picked up steam. Like I, I felt like it found a groove, a, a nice groove for me to fall into. Uh, I really want to see headless. Did you guys see that? I they just that now, I just found that out too. Just now, um, while we're recording <laughs> that they made yeah, a full length feature movie of head of the headless. movie. Oh my God. It, I kind of want to see it guys. <laughs> oh, I totally want to see it. Cause I think that's, a, that's awesome. Shit. We've done movies within movies before, right? I don't think so. 2012 is probably the absolute, well, I don't know if it's really believable if you could go and rent VHS cassettes back in 2012 at a local video store. That's that's a little far-fetched, but I, I like it for the nostalgia factor within the movie. I mean, seeing all, you know, like the popcorn poster on the wall and, yeah. um, you know, I mean. This this older brother is crazy as he is. He's kind of one of us, you know, because he's got like all the old films and, um, yeah. I mean, I was 
kind of little confused. I was like, is he like a white supremacist killer? Because he's dropping N bombs in this, in this movie. And he's mostly killing black people is, was, wasn't that? Yep. That's a hundred percent. Yep. So, you know, one minute he's like, you know, I guess a, you know, a white supremacist killer. And then the next, he's just completely crazy. So, I mean, I was just like, okay, um, make up your mind. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's a minor complaint. Um, but yeah, for what, for what they were doing, I mean, I, I, I didn't really love the movie, but I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's, I think it's done. It's got really good stuff in it. I kind of really, really love this movie. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it started so strong. Like uh, the way that, like it had a great uh, cinematography game right off the bat, even though it's, you know, it's a little formatted, 4-3 kind of like all of these are. But, and I, and I really liked how the, the kid was narrating, overdubbing things. And like it had this great feeling of, the sum is greater than its parts. Like I really thought this movie was going to be that one, you know, cause like if you give a camera, a, a VHS camera to Steven Spielberg, you should still be able to get something cool. Like it can be done. These low budget, no budget movies. They should still be able, like there has to be a way that you can make a movie for no money and still make it good. And I like, I really thought this one was starting off that way i was like i was getting really excited it was so strong to me super uh, solid i'm sorry did we mention the budget Eight? i can't remember what was it eight uh, six hold on. i have eight? it in my notes thousand um, eight thousand yes, eight thousand yeah. good for eight grand oh yeah and then the yeah, music geez. and just the way it was all put together and it started going it was awesome you're like is this kid a is he really is is the heads even really in the bag do you not know that for a while it's great and and then yeah it kind of starts to suffer from acting and performances and i know you love the mom and her acting but no nope. i don't think it's that good <laughs> oh, it's, bad. it's bad and it's like oh guys i thought you were gonna do it i thought you were gonna pull it off you know this Magical. You can forgive some of the kids' performances. Oh, though. for sure. I, mean, yeah. I didn't think the kids were bad. That bad. No, I, not really. You no, know, the literally the, the mom was the most. Well, yeah, the dad was too. But the, the mom dad was yeah. It was pretty cringeworthy. But shit, there was but, there was a couple moments like one of the first big scenes with yeah. mom and dad and, and the yep. kids in the kitchen, uh, and how and the audio is bad. It's really roomy. You know yep. Yep. that it, again. It really felt like something I was seeing at, at a film at like one of the. Um, smaller film festivals we go to, you know, but, uh, uh, but then there's some lines of dialogue and I'm thinking to myself that there are just bad lines that I think to myself is like, now, can I blame the performance on this, on the, on the, the read of this line, or is it just a bad line? So that's where I, I try not to get hung up on performances, but yeah, the, the, you, know, well, the you still have to have a good script. Were, yeah. You, so I got really excited at the beginning, like this. I thought this was gonna do it, and I'm not saying that by the end I was disappointed because I think it um, made up for itself by this ending, which is uh, hashtag go for it, um, because uh, they 
did stuff in this movie you're not going to see in your big budget movies. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I really <laughs> appreciate it, even though it's haunted me a little bit. Uh, that whole end scene from the little brother gagged up till whatever happens, you know, but holy. it's no doubt disturbing, man. It's fuck. Yeah. So like, I thought they intense. thought they made up for quite a bit by just fucking going for it, you know, and that was ballsy and I, I really appreciated it and gory and gross and yeah. So, uh, but yeah, between the cinematography, the music, and that little boy, and a lot of the, the story, and yeah, it's I I really liked it a lot. So we 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 mentioned it a little bit, but just to put into context, within the movie, um, the boy wants boy goes to the video store and wants to rent this movie called Headless, and he gets home and he finds the tape the the it didn't it the video store didn't have it anymore. Someone took it. And he gets home and he finds out that his brother had it. So when he had his little little buddy over for a sleepover, um, he found the tape in his brother's room and they watched it. And throughout, and the the movie within the movie, Headless, uh, is sick as f. It's pretty pretty gnarly, you know. It and all it is is just woman after woman getting killed by this guy, you know, tying her up, torturing her, um, killing her, having sex with the severed head uh, you know it's 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 pretty gruesome and and it shows pretty loud much loud and passionate sex oh yeah and it pretty much <laughs> shows everything and throughout this throughout this these scenes the little brother starts imagining that it's his that it's his brother in this movie cuz you know there's some there's some things that happen in headless that his brother's doing like the killer in headless Carries around severed heads in bowling bags, and which is what what you know the kid's older brother d- did. So by the time we get to the end of this movie, and there's a lot, it's a very disturbing ending. But everything is yeah. everything now is off camera with what what whatever Mostly. he's going to do to the his brother, whatever he did to the parents, it's all off camera, and I think. I kind of like the idea is that they did they showed headless and showed us everything within the movie within the movie and then showed us nothing at the end and we have it already drilled in our heads that that is what we're seeing because of headless and I thought that was kind of a a cool a cool thing of making us write write those endings in because. You know, we don't know exactly what happened, but we leave that movie just feeling gross and dirty and sad and disturbed. And I think, yeah, and it I makes think it that more has intense. to do with Headless. It makes it more intense, though, that, that it just stays on that kid as he's crying with that ball in his mouth, and then you just hear in it and putting it. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, it's it, a great call by the filmmakers. Yeah, it's a cool technique to put all the bad shit into this movie so that there's a layer between it and the real movie. You know, some yeah. separation, and then so yeah, you know, plants the seed so your brain can fill it in. What's going on in the other room? Yeah. I also really liked all the scenes because I think all of us who had brothers and sisters, uh, we all snuck around in each other's rooms. But all them scenes where you're like, you're gonna get fucking caught in there. You're gonna yep. get caught in there. That anticipation oh always fucking God. kills me yep. every time, yep. especially yep. I mean in get the states. Out of there. 
the stakes are so high here. Yes, with, they you are. know, when he when we see the head in the, in the bowling bag, and it's like, okay, oh, this shit. is fucking for real. Like, yep. his brother's a goddamn psycho, and if he catches him, he's gonna be that fucking head in the bag. Yeah, and the kid's a freaking idiot because <laughs> yeah. right out the gate, the beginning of this movie, he finds the head in the bowling bag, and then throughout the rest of the movie, he keeps breaking into his bro- brother's room looking for shit, just digging through stuff. I mean, yeah, sometimes as a kid, <laughs> your mor- your morbidly your curiosity yeah. will kill you. You know. <laughs> yeah, this kid is a little bit morbid himself if he's like going out of his way to just oh, under what kind of head I'm going to see today? You know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really cool flick. Like we said, it's eight thousand um, dollars. I feel like I feel like it looks. I feel like at the end of the day, it looks like it's more than eight grand. Yep. But. Uh, What's cool is is that this movie this movie's on Shutter, Shutter um, and Tubi. Yeah. So this yeah this isn't just some like you know some guy in his backyard made this movie, played a couple of independent film festivals, and you know and trying to sell his DVDs on his his table at a comic book show. Hey, no, I, I, I wasn't so saying anything. Home there. <laughs> so it's it's cool that this movie yeah um has transcended that, and then it's done by the same filmmaker who's done like uh what's it called um yep uh Harvest Lake yep yep yep, yep. uh which got a lot of a buzz in the independent scene back in the day. He's made he's actually made quite a few really cool flicks. So I can't remember the guy's name now. I should have prepared. But yeah, found. We found it on Shutter. So Scott Shermer. Go, Jeez. Oh, there you go. So you should go find it and watch it. Found. Do sure. it. <laughs> Andy, what's our next movie? Our next movie comes to us from 1970, and it is called Equinox. What happened to Dr. Waterman? Only this man, last to see him alive, knows. Equinox. The invisible barrier between good and evil. The invisible barrier between light and the forces of darkness. The supernatural before your very eyes as four teenage boys and girls fight a devil cult for their sanity, for their lives. For their eternal souls. Equinox. A story that defies logic. Confounds belief. (laughs) Dr. Wyman! Wait! Wait! I can't believe it. It was just a fall. What is the secret of the thousand-year-old book? What are the unspeakable horrors conjured by the forces of evil? What is the fiendish power of the ring that enslaves and destroys? What is the one symbol that can hold at bay the hosts of hell unleashed on earth? Equinox, proving again that there is more in heaven and on earth than is dreamt of in our philosophy. Equinox, Equinox. Begins where Rosemary's baby left off. What? Oh no! Right. <laughs> <laughs> they they roped that in nice. 
Um, told in flashbacks by the sole survivor, to four teenagers go on a woods hike and encounter a creepy forest ranger and a crazy old man. The old man is a scientist who had found a mysterious book, and when he had read its cryptic symbols, it conjured monsters into existence. The teenagers keep the book, and they are pursued by monsters, a demonic cult, and the ranger. The ranger turns out to be a red flying devil in human disguise by the name... Asmodeus. Um. Yeah, uh, we've we've got a beginning that uh, is kind of like maximum overdrive. The uh, <laughs> the car got possessed. I mean, when yeah, I yeah. guess the car didn't really have anything to do with it. I mean, but oh well. Um. Yeah, I think. Um, maybe Sam Raimi might have seen this before, you know, ah. back in the day. Because, oh, um, yeah. you know, even like when we first see th the book that is conjuring up these spirits, you know, you get like that misty fog. And I'm just like, my God, this is like, you know, Evil Dead 2 had like a, a paint by numbers thing going on here, man. Even, you know, with the book twirling and the, you know, the, the dry ice smoke and everything. Um, all in all, um, I, I really kind of like this. And I mean, there's even more like things that reminded me of evil dead. Um, because you know, we've got some claymation monsters, you know, and you know, you see a lot of claymation in the end of the first evil dead, but, um, there are some laughable points in this movie. <laughs> Um, well, for instance, was when Asmodeus gets all rapey and he's going in with that, you know, trying to kiss yeah. was, is, is it Robin or, or Susan or whatever? Um, he, it's just the look on his face is, you know, just screams sexuality, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> because it basically looks like Billy Idol got hit in the hit in the face with a shovel during his mid sneer with his mm -hmm. lips all crooked and shit. Yeah, I'm just like I'm laughing my ass, and they're like, and there's drool coming off of his lips and shit. Ugh. Um, yeah, I, I might as well get to the plot here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, these kids are trying to figure out, you know, what happened to this uh, professor, um, Wa Waterman, I believe is his name. I mean, and when they get there, his house is completely dis d demolished. And they, they hear cries, you know, from this cave and they go and investigate that. And they eventually get this book from this, this old man in this cave. And Asmodeus is trying to, I'm sorry, is trying to get them to, to go off. And you've got, ever since the incantations were said, you know, by this waterman, you've got, you know, alternate dimensions. You're seeing, you know, octopuses rip apart uh, the cabin. Um, but they're, they're slow, since they're students, they're slowly learning, you know, protection, you know, from this book, you know, and they're, and they're making um, like runes and, and stuff to protect themselves and, and all this and that. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously there's only one survivor and he's telling the story and 
and normally things don't turn out too well. And I won't, I won't give it all away, but what, what did you guys think? I, I really enjoyed this one too. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked it. <laughs> this is a uh, pretty campy, pretty ridiculous, a lot of laugh out loud moments. And that's what I liked about it. Um, I think it just was a lot of like, what the fuck, you know, and uh, a good mixture of, like you said, stop motion and some camera trickery that you could see, like, you know, you could see some parts where they were, you know, restricted with their budget, but they got around it. And I can appreciate yeah. that. And uh, I decided it was sort of just like, I mean, obviously there has some stuff I, I didn't love, like you mentioned the rapey stuff, but um it's just like a lot of uh i don't know just you could tell like they were having fun making it and it just uh, very creative like i thought it's just sort of like really cool for uh 1970 it didn't really felt more felt more 60s to me but uh maybe that's the budget but man just really just a cool movie like as a you know it's it's just a film fan like to see what they could do with nothing and and it's just sort of all over the place i love it talk about what they could do with a bigger budget you know for this story you know like now yeah um and i love i also love the fact that this is a criterion release oh yeah you can get this on criterion collection yeah, it was funny that you mentioned that, you know, it felt more 60s. Uh, they began filming this film in 1967, so that would explain it. Uh, it started off as a student film, a student film project uh, that was uh, started out as a short, and it took two and a half years to make it. And then, um, you know, the guy producing it decided to, you know, let's keep going. They decided to keep going and turn it into a into a feature film. And thank God. Yes. <laughs> uh, I really liked. Uh, you mentioned uh, before the monster claymation. Mm-hmm. I think Andy. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, man, I fucking loved when uh, it would have the monster and the human claymation. Yeah. Like one of the yeah, yeah show like one of the humans about to attack one of the mo- you know one of the claymation monsters, but it'd show the the human you know, person doing it, the actor. And then it would, you know, switch over and be, uh, like the claymation version of that actor jumps mm-hmm. at the, you know, jumps at it. And then the monster will catch him and like swing him around and shit in claymation. <laughs> oh my God. I was loving it. This movie was so fucking cool. Yes. It's definitely a lot of fun. I've always been a big fan of this one. It was hard to find like forever. So I'm really excited that criterion, um, criterion released it It, it's kind of like uh it was kind of always a film that was kind of infamous to me like you know i heard it talked about a lot but it was just always one that was hard to find you know it had it had uh quite the reputation for it um as being you know it it took several years to make the movie uh we you know we keep bringing up a bad taste and i'm going to make the connection one more time um i feel (laughs) like peter jackson probably saw this movie uh this is kind of in my opinion the 1960s 1970s american bad taste you know it's Mm. it started off as a short film and they just kept on filming it's very similar to bad taste uh, and then a lot of the, a lot of the effects works are, you know, they're so do it yourself and, um, done really well and are made up, you know, a lot of the techniques that they use, they just came up with on the fly with the fact that they had no money. 
like uh, the door to the other dimension was all done in camera, and they used they used a mirror to uh, to oh, accomplish whoa. that. Yeah, um, and then also the scene with the giant uh, that was done using forced perspective, and I thought that looked really yeah, good. That was really good. Yeah. So it's got a lot of really cool work and you know uh, stuff in it. You know, it just some of it does kind of come off hokey, and I think part of uh, also part of that that maybe kind of adds to the hokiness is that all the sound, including the dialogue, was all done in post production, which is also I think bad taste. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I could. I could tell like the guy in the cave was, was off. And I believe that's like somebody's grandfather from, um, I think like the director's grandfather. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, but I love that stuff. I love post-production sound and dialogue a lot, you know? So that just really adds to the experience for me. And, uh, um, I also love this movie cause it's the first screen appearance of Frank Bonner who played Herb Tarlick on WKRP. <laughs> Knew it. <laughs> it all comes back to WKRP. Always, always comes back to WKRP. Johnny Fever, RIP. Man, I love that red devil flying dude. Like when that, I thought first, that was cool. First yes. came down and picked up that girl. I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? It looked so goddamn good. It was awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, all that force perspective and camera tricks was just great. Uh, yeah. And again, talking budgets, uh, there's a reason why I put the movies in the order that we did because this one only has a budget of $6,500. Of course, again, late sixties, um, you know, six thousand five hundred dollars go went a longer way than probably eight thousand dollars in twenty twelve for the movie found. But regardless, six thousand five hundred dollars, and you get all, and there's so many effect shots in the movie, so that's awesome. And I see Forrest J. Ackerman made a little cameo. Yep, he makes a cameo, and he actually, I don't, I don't know the connection. Um, the filmmakers to Forrest G. Ackerman, but Forrest G. Ackerman um, helped cast the movie too. He um, was responsible for bringing on some of the actors. So, and Ed Bagley Jr. Yeah, for crying out loud, was was a camera operator on the film. So, huh. <laughs> yeah. There's also, um, if you were kind of eagle-eyed at the end of the movie, there's a bumper sticker that says Ronald Reagan for, like, governor or senators on uh, on some guy's car. Oh, nice. I missed that. I missed yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, also really thought that the reporter's Corvair was sweet. I was just like, man, I'd love <laughs> to have that car. I thought that thing was awesome. <laughs> and it ends with the end? Does yeah. that mean there's I'm, a sequel? No? I'm still waiting British. for two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why isn't there a sequel? Come on. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to be picking this one up. It was. I, I really liked it. I'm going to pick this one up. Oh, nice. So much so you yeah. want to get the physical copy. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Criterion. Yeah, well, also, I'll buy anything Criterion. Yep. You can also catch it on HBO Max. Definitely. This was the most eventful picnic I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Right? A guy died. A a guy comes back from the dead. (laughs) 
I'm picnicking wonder, wrong. Yeah, you're picnicking <laughs> way wrong. I wonder if this like promoted KFC very well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, product placement. <laughs> the kernel, baby. That's that's probably where um, three thousand of the six thousand dollars. All right, and speaking of budgets, now we're all the way down to the tiniest budget I could find for a film that has had international distribution. Jason, what is our last film we're going to talk about? Our last film is from 2008, and it is simply called Colin. Kirtan is getting ready for a party when he is attacked by a zombie. He manages to get out of the house, but realizes he's been bitten. After transforming into a zombie, Colin ventures out in the undead-filled streets of London. Along the way, he meets his sister, Linda, who has also turned into a zombie. Follows a woman who reminds him of his girlfriend, Laura, and survives a brutal attack by a group of human survivors. Written, directed, produced by Mark Price. Edited by Mark Price. Um, and it's, it touts just on the front of the trailer, film was made for 45 pounds. And I did the exchange rate today. That's $60, folks. $60 budget. And not Skippy, Mark Price, just to clear uh, That's that. yeah. very true. I was disappointed. For the guy who played for the Cavaliers. <laughs> Still not that Mark Price either. So yeah, this was uh yeah, this one this one's tough. That's it next. <laughs> Who's going next? Brett, you said um, you've seen this one before. Why'd you do that? Before. Uh I rented it. I, I mean I'm a sucker Crazy for no son of a movies. Bitch. Uh and I I mean I like the movie for what it is. It's a sixty dollar movie. You know what I mean? Well, um I feel like I feel like it was a it should. It's more a calling card than a movie that gets distribution. You know what I mean? 
I guess I, I like this is a calling co- like look at what I can do with sixty dollars now yeah. give me a budget yeah. you know um, and then it just happened to get distribution but uh, I, I don't know I like it. it's kind of blah in the middle like like they needed to pad yeah. the runtime another twenty minutes <laughs> to make the full length uh, but uh, man for what it is it's fucking cool I don't know yeah I. I would say that uh, this is this is the movie I was the most excited to watch out of the ones that I picked, and it turned out to be the one I l- did not like at all. So I was very disappointed in it. Yes, I do feel like the running time is padded down because I got bored as f, <laughs> and um, also yeah. <laughs> also like I just was so excited to see what 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 you could do with sixty bucks. And I still think um, he needs to, you know, get his change back, which would be fifty nine ninety five. Whoa! I I also with a bit my biggest problem with the movie. I don't know if he's trying to compensate for the fact that he has no money, um, but the the camera work on this movie is freaking nauseating. <sighs> And it pisses yeah. me off because it just reminds me of that shit they did in the early 2000s when you had an action scene where it was all close up and tight and the camera was all over the place. So you intentionally can't make out any of the action. And that is, ex- I can't, I couldn't, there was moments in this movie I couldn't even tell you what was going on Absolutely. and who was in the frame. It just pissed me uh, off. It's, they attached a rumble pack to the <laughs> camera. So yeah, was was sadly disappointed in this one. Um, I I agree with you guys. Um, for for what they did and what their budget was, what they did was pretty incredible. I'm I'm not gonna lie. But here's the deal: for the way that they're tell the the story that they're telling and the way that they're telling it, I feel like this movie was about a half an hour too damn long. Yep. Um. <sighs> It's, I mean, they, they tried to tell a story with not much, not, not much dialogue and they, they succeeded in some cases in, but in most cases not, um, uh, when they're, when they're at that party, I've been to wilder parties than that and people weren't killing each other, but, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find nice things to say, um, but yeah, um, yeah, I I I pretty much ag- agree with you guys. I mean, it just there was there was points where I was in my chair and I was like literally just squirming. I was just like, oh god, do I have to keep watching this? Oh fuck! I was like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I could. You know, I could have, I could have won it, you know, and, you know, apparently you guys wouldn't have given a shit anyway, because you guys didn't <laughs> like it any more than I did, but, um, I mean, but yeah, for, for what they had to work with and, and, and what they did, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. You know, you got to give them credit for that, but just, no, <laughs> you won't do it. I'm not going to do it. Here's no, the- I'm. You can do a lot. I've seen people do a lot more with nothing. Um, it was. It just felt like you, you, you don't have to make something. 
I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, you could you could just you could just not fucking make it and uh, take, it, take and, your friends out to lunch and call it a day, right? And I could I could save an hour and a half. Crew. I could yeah, I could save an hour and a half of my time. I went to start it. I was sort of like, okay, this looks like shit. Um, but I sort of dig the music, and then the fucking music just drilled <laughs> over and over oh, yeah. and over oh, the entire movie. Oh. I liked it for the first two minutes, and then I'm like, oh, this is all we're getting. Okay. All right. That, that dreary fucking loop. I mean, I think I told you guys it was like yep. an ice pick to my ears. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, God, you rem- I, God I, was, I, I forgot about it, and you just fucking reminded me. Son of a... God. <laughs> God, I was, I'm trying to forget. Colin is the first feature film to be told entirely from a zombie's perspective. That counts for some. Apparently, you got to be a zombie in order to watch it. (laughs) Because, you know, shooting took 18 months. Uh, You're fucking (laughs) kidding me. (laughs) Really? I thought it was done in an afternoon. That's. (laughs) 18 months, and it still only costs six. Does he have like dirt on like everybody that started in this movie is just like you have to be did he like is does he have like blackmail on him here's I, um, here's my thing uh, um like i'm i'm really ragging on the movie and it's and it's um poorly use of those 60 dollars uh because the thing is it's like if you and and you'll probably call me hypocrite when we get to insane's picks hall of fame inductee <laughs> uh <laughs> Probably. But the <laughs> but the thing is is like if you're gonna make a movie with sixty dollars and you you want to prove yourself it's like hey look what I can do with sixty dollars then let's do put something in it instead of you know let you know put something in it instead of just trying to cover up the fact that you only have sixty dollars make make something out of that sixty dollars you know you could do a lot with nothing. You know, my high school movies were more entertaining than this. Anyway, Jason, you also, had some fun factoids. Uh, also, uh, spend 40 more bucks and buy a, a fucking light. Right? Like, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But then you couldn't hide the shit quality of your movie, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, I was trying to find things that nice to say about this movie so I wouldn't sound like a hypocrite because I said I always try to find nice things, but I'm having you guys are kind of convincing me here. I'm gonna <laughs> maybe take back. It just it just feels <sighs> like a lot a, a, a big missed opportunity. That's all I'm saying because I I will be the first one to um to you know stand up on the on the hilltop and and preach. And preach your your no budget movie and love it and you know I mean, fuck that's what I do you know so I have an appreciation for a movie made with nothing even if it even if it you know you can tell that it's made with nothing but just it can't also be about nothing <laughs> anyway Jason mm. factoids oh the last fun little funny thing is that uh, so there's another film that deals with a story from the zombies point of view it's the 1998 I zombie Mark Price uh, the director said that if he had known about the existence of I zombie he probably wouldn't have made this film oh we were so close guys <laughs> there's also more walking in this movie than there is a Lord of the Rings so like I was I was in on this movie for I gave it the best shot I could and I was I thought I was doing okay and as painful as it was you know but I was in it I was going and then uh, he meets that uh, uh, a live girl 
right? Yeah. I think she has like a tan or something shirt or I can't remember exactly. But so she, uh, they both uh, fall down in that hole. And then that dickhead other alive person was keeping all them zombies or keeping all them girls in the basement, you know, with their eyes uh, cut out. And then like he just walks out and leaves this live girl in there. And I'm like, this fuck you movie. Like you, you make me care about this alive girl and this situation that she's in. And then you just leave her to. And I so I was so pissed off at that point. I, I couldn't. I know there was a the live girl came back later in the movie, but I'm like, is that the same one? I wasn't sure because uh, I was so mad, and you know, like it Did took 18 care? months. I well, you know, like so hairstyles were changing always, and you know, and I like I wasn't sure at that point. I was so mad. But, yeah, I was sort of like uh, watching this, and then I realized, like, I'm like, this isn't too bad. Then I realized I've been like scrolling through Instagram for a half hour. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this is why I don't mind it because it's literally playing in the background. Uh, and I didn't even realize I was distracted, you know, sort of. I mean, I've always said the biggest crime you could commit is being boring and this is boring. And uh, it felt like a, uh, sort of like a spec type thing where it's like, yeah, just, you know, here's what I can do. And maybe it, it shouldn't be at fault for that. Like maybe it was never intended for us to watch. I don't know, but we had to so i just feel we uh, could forgive it a little more if it wasn't for that fucking super shaky cam you know that like it just could have been a little easier to take in i think regardless of it right that was oh, to upset me the most regardless of its intent i don't intend watching it again yeah <laughs> the concept's cool you know a movie that takes place from the zombie's point of view i like that that's neat his adventures as slow as they are you know but yeah it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Uh, an even better, uh, like, r- extremely low-budget zombie movie. I don't know if you guys ever seen Automaton Transfusion. I have. Uh, it, I, think it, I think it was like 15000 or something like that, 15000 it was made for. But uh, I, 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 it's a lot better than Colin. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. It's a lot more fast-paced. Yeah. Yeah, so I just want to apologize, guys. I know I always seem to pick a movie that <laughs> is upsetting to everybody on how bad it is, but I'm going to tell you right now, this one, I'm probably more mad at this one than the rest of you, so. We should call it Colin Geist. That's <laughs> 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 up there. Oh, man. All right, well, that's it. We, we are out of money, um, so <laughs> no, <laughs> that's it for the film discussion. We are going to... Take a quick break so you can hear all about our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home of so many amazing shows, including the Atomic Weight of Cheese Mm. podcast. Love cheese. Yes, the Atomic Weight of Cheese podcast is a podcast where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cult cinema. Ugh. Uh, hosted by Mike, Chad, and Steph, three people who love movies, movie culture, pop culture, and nostalgia. Check out the Atomic Weight of Cheese podcast and all the other amazing podcasts at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal 
providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. Man, the PFPN. That sounds awesome. <laughs> right? Yeah. You should cool definitely place. check it out. It's an amazing site with a ton of amazing shows. Oh, yeah. There's also the Brett and Tony podcast show. Can't forget hey. that one. Yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but enough of that. It's segments time here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. We're going to start, as we always do, hearing from you guys, the listeners. It's about time we shut up and you guys talk. Here's Jason with shout outs. It's time for shout outs. All right, we just asked, what are your favorite micro-budget horror films? And I don't know if our listeners uh, watch a lot of uh, micro-budget stuff. It's pretty... Well, Snobs. Let's just... Cultured. I know. So there wasn't anything on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, so, but on our Facebook group, well, here's an example. Tony Miller, Attacker Tony. His answer is, I am legend, World War Z. Nailed it. What the F? <laughs> that Tony. This troublemaker. Isn't he, though? Disruptor. He sounds like uh-huh. a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> he does You're sound breaking like, our hearts, TM. He does sound like mold. Oh, and then so <laughs> attacker Rod, Hot Rod himself says, define micro-budget, Ted says, under 10,000? And then uh, sure. Rod says, yeah. this is going to be interesting to see what you guys come up with because I can't find any. Paranorm- paranormal activity was the closest Shot at 15,000. Well, boom, we did it. Three, you did it. Three movies. Yeah, that's right. And we, there could easily be a part two. Easily. And then some. Could be a part two. But that, I had to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, um, since almost all of the Brett and Tony with Ash Name guys have chimed in, it's got Abe Kirshner here. He says, hey. loosely horror, uh, more of a forbidden word. You're welcome, Mike. Yes, thank you for censoring that. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I recently watched <laughs> Primer, uh, which is a fucking awesome movie, so good, which ended up being too yep. smart for me. However, what they did uh, with that $7,000 is an amazing feat. So true, man. I mean, and you know me, I don't like time travel stuff, but that movie is amazing. Uh, Abe goes on to say, also, I know it'll make him blush, but Brett's sans zombies in spite of its audio issues, was both a thrill to film slash edit, but one hell of a flick. That was an awesome weekend, Abe. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I think the budget on that was about 30 bucks, which you can tell with the audio cuts. Oh. <laughs> 30 million. 30 yep. mil, guys. <laughs> that's all they could muster. And that's on YouTube. Come on, Brett. Brett. Uh, no, Brett. I, I have the only copy of it. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yeah. In the archives. Uh, Prescribed films may yep. need to talk to you about yep. acquisition here. Yep, acquisition. <laughs> we have $35. You're going to make a profit. I was trauma. Hey. <laughs> that's right. That's all. Oh. Chad, you just made my day. That's a new t-shirt we're working on. <laughs> and Abe's not done. He says, and finally, humans with a Z. 
by Tony is a hilarious twist on the zombie verse that will always hold a special place in my heart. I may be biased, but my boys got talent. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to film too. <laughs> Sweet. Let's see that. It's on YouTube. That's on YouTube. Uh ooh, maybe. I don't know. Come on, Brett. Huh. Uh We're actually I gave you a DVD a while back and it's on there. Oh yeah. You yeah. you you have the copy. All right. <laughs> I have the, one, the copy? The, that's right. Uh-huh. So you've signed, oh, I, you basically I have, have signed it over now. Oh, that's saying. what I heard. So we can do. I already bought one off of your table at the last show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the uh, shout outs we got this week. Uh, oh, guys, guess what? We're not done yet. We have a voicemail. Voicemail. Hey, everybody. Attacker Brian. I think you thought you were going to get a break from me. <laughs> But you're not. So we're talking micro-budget horror this week on Attack of the Killer podcast. I think when you talk micro-budget horror, you got to start with this little company from Iowa called Prescribed Films. And this movie, Demonica, that I love. Where else can you get a skating rink and murder all in one movie? (laughs) Then you have a cadaver Christmas, which is an amazing micro-budget horror Christmas movie. And then some of my personal favorites, Creep. And eyes of her mother, your mother, there's eyes and there's a mother in it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Hope everybody has a good week. Take care. Bye. Hey, it's Edgar Brian right. Godzilla. Godzilla himself. Some Named some great micro-budget movies right there. <laughs> well, watch. The, he named more than just ours. Right. Which you can watch on Amazon Prime. That's right. Uh, and it's great. I got it on Blu-ray. Ooh. Ooh yeah. All right. This is getting a little masturbatory up in here. <laughs> the, the whole point of this episode was to well, bring uh, it around to us. Oh, I see. Yep, sell some DVDs. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> so like Brian, you can leave us a voicemail. You can give us a call at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show just like that. And that is shout outs. Attack of the Killer podcast was going to have the regular recasting with Christian Slater segment here, but recent contract disputes have temporarily halted production. Apparently, Gary Busey never received the three goats he was promised, and he stormed off the stage in search of <laughs> life's meeting. So they asked me to come in and introduce the next segment, mainly because I said I'd do it for free. So here's Insane's Picks. <laughs> Well, I hate to be a little bit of a downer. We've been having a lot of fun here tonight, but on February 27th, we have just recently lost a unique filmmaker who not only made the movies the way he wanted to make them, but also was part of the filmmaking movement known as cinema, the Cinema Transgression or the No Wave Movement. This in Saints Picks Hall of Fame, we induct Nick Zed. Nick Zed directed several super low-budget feature-length movies that started out that uh, that he uh, made in the New York underground scene in the late 1970s through the 1980s. He made such feature films as Geek Maggot Bingo, They Eat Scum, and Werewolf Bitches from Outer Space. He also made several short films, all on extremely small micro-budgets. Nick was a huge player in the cinema of transgression movement. Uh, cinema of transgression was a term that Nick Zed himself came up with to describe uh, 
to, to describe the filmmaking scene that he was a part of at the time. Uh, the term, uh, uh, he, he coined the term in 1985, uh, consist, uh, basically the movement consisted of a loose knit group of like-minded artists using shock value and black humor in their films, mostly shot on eight millimeter cameras with little to nothing, uh, budgets. Some of the key players in this movement were Nick Zed, uh, Tessa Hughes Freeland, uh, Cassandra Stark, Beth B., Tommy Turner, Richard Kern, and Lydia Lynch, just to name a few. This style of filmmaking began in the late 1970s, and it lasted through the late 1980s. Cinema of Transgression is also known as part of the no-wave movement, which also includes kind of the punk experimental music scene at that time in New York. Uh, to learn more about the cinema transgression movement and no wave, uh, check out the documentary Blank City. It's uh, currently on Tubi. It's freaking awesome. I've watched it like a hundred times. Uh, where a lot of artists from this era made kind of more satirical melodramas or would just capture random everyday life of gritty New York life in the early 1980s. Zed would include a lot of sci-fi, horror, and fantasy uh, in his films. Nick's first film was They Eat Scum in 1979, which is a comedy with a dash of sci-fi, um, especially within the second half where the film ends up taking place in a post-apocalyptic future after a, a nuclear fallout. They Eat Scum is about the rise and fall of a punk band who becomes a gang of cannibal murderers waging war against society. Now, my favorite Nick Zed movie uh, is Geek Maggot Bingo in 1983, or it's also known as The Freak of Suck Weasel Mountain. The film is an amazing display of weirdness, with everything from cardboard sets to a cool-looking two-headed monster made by Screaming Mad George. A mad doctor creates life while murderous prostitutes are on the prowl. Then there's also um, vampires that terrorize the town. And then along comes the rawhead kid to save the day. This movie was Nick's tribute to classic cheesy horror films from his childhood. The film even has Zachary as himself as kind of the horror host of the movie. He begins the movie and ends the movie, kind of telling the story. Besides making movies, he also acted in such low-budget films as the Super 8 movie The Manhattan Love Suicides in 1985, What About Me in 1993, Bubblegum in 1995, Jonas in the Desert in 97, and even Troma's Terror Firmer in 1999. Zed is also the author of two autobiographical books, Bleed and Totem of the Deprived, as well as the self-published novel Eutropia, Eutropia to Ecstasy. In the 1980s, Zed published 10 issues of the underground film Bulletin, a zine intended to promote the cinema transgression, and issue number four contained the manifesto for the cinema of transgression. In the early 1990s, Zed, Zed toured with Lisa Crystal Carver's band Suck Dog Circus and showed his films uh, at the various venues. He also performed with experiment, experimental noise music band Zyklon Beatles, and Zed released the Consume and Die 7-inch single on Rubik Records in the year 2000. Zed exhibited oil paintings in 2010 at the ADA uh, galleries. Zed presented 
uh, presented a major retrospective of his films, videos, and paintings at the Microscope Gallery when it was in Bushwick, Brooklyn. After that, he eventually moved to Mexico City in the March of 2011. In 2012, he attended a retrospect of his films at the 8th Berlin International Directors Lounge and exhibited work at the Kunstrick Institute for Temporary Art in the same city. In 2013, at a screening uh, at the New Museum in the New Museum in New York, Zed pre- was presented with the Acker Award for Lifetime of Achieve- Achievement, a tribute given to members of the avant-garde arts community who made outstanding contributions in their discipline in defiance of convention or else served their fellow writers and artists in outstanding ways. Nick Zed was a pioneer in his own style of filmmaking that ended up becoming a revolution in the New York art scene. He also was in, uh, and so we induct Nick Zed in this episode of Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. And I would like to take a moment to quote the great thespian Bruce Willis. Zed is dead, baby. Zed's dead. I feel weird putting the applause there after we normally do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, so that is it for this episode. Oh, man. Yeah, Pretty it's over. Um, thanks to Brett for being on, man. Thanks Brett! for joining us again. Yeah. Brett. Thanks yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. It was uh, it was a blast. Also, uh, anybody out there, uh, I'll be at the Cracktastic Plasticon in Ottumwa, uh April 30th. Uh, so uh, come grab a book. Yes, definitely grab a book. He, his books are awesome. Oh, and thanks again for being on, man. It's always always a good time having you with us. So, mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> all right, so that is it for this episode. I want to thank you all for listening, and special thanks to the attackers for helping support the show and keeping the lights on, keeping our budget. Um, well, we're getting there. So, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no! Bye-bye. Could this be the end of? <laughs>